The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. Positive Talk Radio. This is some of my favorite, favorite, favorite segments that I get to do every now and again. And that is do a music segment with uh, some really cool uh, singer-songwriters and musicians and, and people that really are interested in, in doing some positive things for the world. And I, music is one of the most positive things that I can think of. I just love love all kinds of music. And it's it's and in this case, we're going to be talking with uh, Bill Abernathy, and he is a country music star, and uh, and he is uh, with us right now, and he's in Kansas City, and I'm not sure if it's Kansas City, Missouri, or Kansas City, Kansas. So, Bill, which one is it? Well, you can tell the difference between Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas, because Kansas City, Missouri actually has tall buildings, and Kansas City, Kansas looks a little a bit more like the plains right so i live in uh, kansas city missouri which is the home of the kansas city chiefs and the kansas city royals the kansas city chiefs years ago because i live in seattle uh kansas city and uh and the seahawks had a budding rivalry and thank god we got out of the afc west because you guys killed us forever well i tell you the uh, uh the afc west is going to be crazy uh, this coming year. So I firmly believe that if you don't score 40 points, you will not win in the AFC West this year. It's going to be nuts. So You're getting fun. one of our favored children. Exactly. Yeah. He gets to come and, and uh, step up and play with the big boys here in the AFC West. So uh, yeah, expect that. So you can put me down for this, Kevin. And, and if it doesn't come to fruition, I'll, I'll buy you dinner sometime, but there will be a hundred point game in the AFC West this year. Oh, got, I, I wouldn't doubt it a bit. We got quarterback after quarterback after quarterback and tons of speed and brilliant offensive minds, and it'll be fun. It'll be a hoot. Well, and let's see. So you've got uh, Kansas City. you got Oakland. you got Denver. Mm -hmm. um, who else? Is, is it uh, San Diego? Yeah, the Chargers. The Chargers. So, yeah, they got this kid named Hubert uh, Herbert who is uh, he's phenomenal. He's so much fun to watch. So uh, yeah, yeah, quarterback, quarterback conference for sure. And, You've got a pretty good quarterback yourself. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, he could play. He could play a bit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, you know what? Somebody said that uh, it's possible, very possible, that Russell Wilson, even though he's in Denver now, could be the third or fourth best quarterback in the in the division. Yeah, you know it's pretty bad when when uh, you, you watch all the pundits on television, you know, that like to talk about talk about football, and and there's actually a discussion. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the stuff, right? But when they start talking about 
he may not be the best quarterback in the division. That's when you sit back and go, yep, there's going to be some points scored in this division. It's going to be fun. So you got, you got Herbert, you got Mahomes, you got Russell Wilson, you got Derek Carr. I mean, sit back and watch it light up. It should be fun. It should be a, a really good conference, and, and it'll be interesting to watch and to see. So it's, I guess it's going to come back down to who can have the better defense to keep the offenses down. Yeah, you know, that's the old adage, right? Offense wins games and defense wins uh, championships. So uh, we'll see. But uh, it, I just don't know what kind of defense can stop them. Right. Know? So we'll see. Right. It's, it's gonna, well, in, in Russell's case, the, one of the – things that we ran into problems with him is he likes to run around and and so he doesn't get the ball out like Mahomes is is great that he gets the ball out really quickly when he needs to yeah when he needs to now he does that whole running around thing you know as well but uh uh yeah but uh Russell Wilson uh and and Denver Denver has a really good team and uh they they were just missing you know, missing that keystone quarterback player. And uh, when they signed Russell Wilson, I thought, yep, game on. Here we go. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it should be. I, I'm looking forward to watching you guys because I don't know that I'm going to be watching the Seahawks much. But the- <laughs> well, Yeah, well, you know, everybody goes through their times, you know. I mean, the Chiefs were horrible for a long, long, long time. So, you know. Well, you're a Chiefs fan from way back when, right? Uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I've lived in Kansas city my whole life. Uh, and I was a chiefs fan, uh, when I was really young, uh, and then, uh, and some things happened and I actually evolved, uh, into being a Raiders fan. So I, I, I've been a, uh, a, oh, long-term, my goodness gracious. Yeah, a long-term Raiders fan. And, uh, there are many stories on, on why that is, but I'll tell you the most simple one. It's very simple. The Raiders have the best-looking stuff in the NFL, and I look good in it. That's really all you needed to know. <laughs> the Chiefs stuff is just but ugly. That red and gold stuff, that's ugly. You know, I can't, I can't do that. Orange, really? Why would I want to wear an orange jersey? You know, silver and black, it's classic. It looks great. And all it's got, you're wearing black, I'm wearing black. You know, that's what people do. So, yeah, I got to look good, Kevin, you know. I mean, I know. Well, you're the older a musician. You get, the older you get, the harder it is. You know, you got to give yourself a chance. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, see, you were probably um, the same age or close to the same age as me. So you remember uh, the the Oakland Raiders of old. Um, so I got a trivia quiz for you. A real, real, real quick question for you. Okay. There was a, a, a guy who played for the Raiders that one particular year would come off the bench and throw touchdowns and then kick the extra point. Who was he? Oh, it's George Blanda. Really? That's all you got? You got you to come more than that. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. Well, when I just a real quick story. When I was growing up, uh, we didn't have a football team here in Seattle. And so one, one year at Christmas, I got a – my parents gave me a, a little kid's uh, uniform. And they had the shoulder pads and they had the helmet and everything. And it was the Baltimore Colts. Yeah. So so I became a Baltimore Colt fan. And I will never forget the the time when, when the Colts were playing um, the Raiders in the championship game. And Bubba Smith, who was at that time a huge man at six foot eight. Um, and I saw him um, just, it was, it was like 
Godzilla coming down on on somebody because he he tackled Daryl LaMonica, who was a quarterback at the time, yep. and hurt and 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 knocked him out of the game and stuff. But yeah. but they had some real rivalries back then. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of speaking of Daryl LaMonica, the Mad Bomber, uh, he passed away uh, just in the last few days. So uh, you're uh, kidding me? Yeah, yeah. He passed away. I think it was last week. But, uh, you know, another Raider legend. But uh, he was actually one of the reasons that one of the reasons that I liked the Raiders because they were the he just dropped back and chuck it. You know, he just throw it as far as you can. Somebody run underneath it. You know, it's great. It's fun football. Fun oh, football. yeah. With yeah. him and, and the snake. And, yeah. Uh, Kenny yeah, Stabler. And, yeah. and you know, he's passed on, too, I think. You know. Yeah. I got. I got to tell you, um, um, Bill. The, the the problem with getting old is people that you are your contemporaries are just five or ten years older than you, or are starting to to go. And it's like, holy shit! What does that mean? Does that mean that you know? Because I'm 64, so I'm 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 just barely you know out of diapers. But uh, there's a lot of a lot of you know folks that you're like. Passing away at 68, 69, 70, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's always depressing. I'm 64 as well. So, we're, we're on the same plane there. But uh, it's always depressing when you see somebody you went to high school with and, and, and they look old, you know, and you oh, realize, oh, shit, we're the same age. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my best buddy in high school who has now passed away, um, but he looked, gosh, he looked 10 or 15 years older than me. Um, at the, at this point in time, it was really, a, it's, it's weird. Yeah. This this whole thing, but this, you know, this human adventure and this getting old stuff, it kind of sucks. So, so, but I'm glad that you're still, you know, you're retired now you're working at your craft, you're playing a lot of music and you're having a good time. That's what life should be about. Don't you think? Yeah. Every now and then you get lucky, you know, and, uh, I, I got pretty lucky, uh, throughout the whole corporate thing, you know, and, and had a great career and, and worked for a good company and, and all that, you know, and uh, uh, now I've gotten fortunate enough uh, to uh, get some music out there that uh, uh, people seem to like to listen to. So that's uh, that's kind of rewarding for me. And I enjoy that. So, yeah. Well, and I get to talk to you about it. I mean, what more could I ask for? Hey, well, God darn right. Exactly. Uh, you know, and the cool thing is, is we've got three songs that are queued up. And what I like to do is to find out a little bit about the, the what you do, how how you came up with the songs and the the lyrics and stuff. And then we play them and uh, let the, let people hear what you do and uh, and uh, play with it. And we'll just go. So we've got three of them lined up. And uh, and now, now your EP, how long has your EP been out? Uh, about a year. Uh, the, yeah, about a year. So it was interesting how we went about that. So there are four songs on the EP, one of which uh, is, is a tune called More Than Meets the Eye. And uh, when I wrote that, uh, uh, we can talk about it a little bit more later, but I wanted to fast track it through the studio and get it out. Uh, and I wanted to get it out prior to the election. And uh, uh, so there was a bit of a timetable on that. So we cranked that one through and uh, got it out to the world. Uh, before the election, which was my goal, and then the other three songs uh, we did, and I released them uh, as singles uh, throughout the course of last year uh, with the uh, Wild Horses song uh, that you're going to play uh, uh, being the first one that came out. And uh, then uh, I released the other ones as singles, but they are packaged together as an EP. And uh, 
uh, are still getting uh, is still getting quite a bit of radio play and stuff around around. So it's all good. Well, it's it's, it's pretty cool because um, in our discussion before the show, you mentioned that you've been downloaded or um, um, streamed like with if you count all of the different streaming services and stuff over two million times that's got to be gratifying yeah it's kind of cool actually it's kind of cool um uh, it, it's uh, it goes to show you that uh you know one of the one of the real challenges that we also discussed a little bit uh, uh prior to going on the air is finding your audience you know are there people out there that really want to hear what you do you know are there people that really want to watch uh and enjoy your podcast you know are there people that are going to really want to listen to the kind of music that i make and uh uh it's hard to find it's hard to find your audience uh out there in in today's world because the the music world is just so big and so expensive you know uh but it's interesting and it's fun and challenging as well as gratifying to know that there are there are people out there that really like to listen to the kind of stuff that i do and uh uh that yeah, it gives you kind of that warm fuzzy feeling that uh you know hey maybe maybe i don't suck too bad you, know? <laughs> you don't suck at all you, you I, I really like your music Thank you. and uh the other thing that you were mentioning is that because it's so big and so expansive how many songs are released every day <laughs> it depends on who you talk to but it's somewhere around two hundred thousand a day globally onto the streaming services so it's it's unbelievable it's unbelievable so in order to find you know talk about a needle in a haystack right you know oh, yeah. in order to find the stuff that you want in that mass of music that is out there available is uh, it's really quite a trick and uh in order to for somebody like me uh that's actually you know producing that music uh to get that into the ears of of uh what we think are the right people uh, and actually get them to pay attention is, uh, uh, you know, it's tricky, you know, it's real work and and it's figuring stuff out and data and analytics and all that. But, uh, you know, it works, you know, and and people will find you. And, and, uh, you know, one of the beautiful things about uh, uh, maybe the people uh, in our our age demographic, uh, we tend to like to tell our friends stuff that we like. You know, hey, I listened yes. to this guy. He was really good. I listened to this. I went and saw this person. They had a really cool show. You know, so and that that helps perpetuate, you know, the, the streams and, you know, all the stuff that come along with it. We know that begs the question, do you create music to fill the niche or do you hope that the niche finds your music? Yes. Uh, so I don't I don't write a song for any particular reason. Right. So like I, I don't sit down and and uh, I'm not the guy like in Nashville. You know, there are buildings full of people in Nashville that are cranking out hits. Right. There's a there's a formula. There's an algorithm. You know, they're going to make a hit. It's going to last three minutes and five seconds. And, you know, there's this whole formula. I'm not that guy. Right. Uh, um, I've had a few, you know, I've had a few hits, you know, over the years. Uh, but that's not why I do it. You know, I do it because it's something that I want to say. Uh, 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 something that I want to share, uh, maybe a feeling uh, that I want to portray that, that uh, as uh, uh, Jim Croce once said, uh, even though uh, the time was right, all the words just came out wrong. So I have to say, I love you in a song, right? So sometimes music uh, uh, could give you 
uh, a venue, an opportunity to share thoughts that maybe you really can't share any other way. And uh, 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 that's what I do. That's what I do. You know, I, I have an idea. I have a thought. I have an emotion. I have a feeling. I have a story, you know, and uh, I sit down and write music. I can't think of a better vehicle for getting uh, the words out about what you would like to talk about than music, because, you know, if it's in a poem, that's got kind of an audience, sort of, maybe a little bit, um, it, it, but only if people buy a poetry book or whatever. Yeah. But music is a international language that everybody understands. Yeah. Yeah. And how many, how many of us just constantly have music on, right? You know, uh, oh, yeah. it, you know, oftentimes you're not even listening, you know, it's just on, right? It's in background noise. I remember uh, a story for you. I, I was uh, driving to Utah uh, back in the corporate days. This was several, several years ago. And uh, I was driving by myself, just driving down the highway, boring old I-70, flat, straight, nothing, you know. And uh, I had some music on some, you know, serious radio or some some station, you know, that was just on playing kind of the style of music that I like. And and uh, I was actually thinking about what I had to do that week at, at my real job, you know. And uh, all of a sudden, I kind of went, huh, well, I really like that. And I looked over and turned the stand in. It was me. It was the first. <laughs> it was the first time. No wonder I liked it, right? Uh, there's some vanity there, but. Uh, it was the first time I'd ever heard my songs on the radio. And it happened just randomly when I wasn't even looking. I wasn't even trying, you know. So uh, music could do that. It, could, it can really put you in a good place. So well, That's got to be phenomenal when you turn on the, on, on the radio and you're hearing your song come out of the radio. Yeah, it's a different feeling, right? Because, you know, you'd put all this work into it, you know, because there's this real work, you know, to write the song is, is a bit of work, you know, but the recording process, you know, and all the stuff, you know, that's real work. And uh, uh, you listen to it a bajillion times and, you know, change this and change that and tweak this and tweak that. And all of a sudden, you know, it gets to a point where it kind of goes and you like it, you know, and then you throw it out. And invariably, when you're when you hear it on the radio randomly like like i did that particular one you kind of go up that that i remember when we did that oops you know there's a mistake there nobody will notice that but me but i know it's there you know so yeah it's a it's a moment it's a moment it's fun well and the first song that you released last year was a thousand wild horses right yeah it came out uh after more than meets the eye so uh the first single uh, that came out as the official uh, EP release was a tune called The Thousand Wild Horses, which is uh, uh, something that I do uh, on all my albums. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the only songwriter in the world, and I'm certainly not the best. Uh, and so there are other songwriters out there that are just every now and then they'll write a song and it just hits home with you. You know, uh, I call them songs that meet you at a place in your life. And uh, this is one of those. Uh, so More Than Meets the Eye is not one of mine. I didn't write it. Uh, it was written by uh, a gentleman named Gary Burr, who uh, uh, resides in Nashville. Uh, but it's, uh, uh, it's one of those songs. I, I call it a perfect song. I, I just call it a perfect song because it, it talks about all the things that each of us have. 
in our lives. The things that we have that we've had with us forever, I call it baggage, right? Yep. So things that you did in your past, or, you know, relationships that you had in your past that maybe problems or addictions that you had in your past, right? And uh, those are always there. They're always there with you, you know? And Gary draws, Gary draws this fantastic analogy that all of those things are like a thousand wild horses running behind you, hell bent on running you down, right? <laughs> you know? And, and if you think about it, it's a beautiful analogy. Uh, and some of the lyrics are just fantastic. But uh, uh, since, since I heard him play this, and I thought, man, what a great song. And then I, I went and bought uh, the album and listened to it. And I thought, well, man, there's more to this than than uh, I even caught when I heard him play it live, you know. And so I thought, well, this is one I've got to learn. And then once I learned it, I thought, oh, well, I should record this. This is a great song. And, and uh, uh, I was very happy, very happy with the way that it turned out. And, uh, you know, it's done really well and uh, was number one. Uh, on the iTunes chart uh, for a bit in UK. So that's cool, you know, uh, but uh, it's just a great song because it talks about all those things, you know, it talks about all those things that, that each of us carry with us that sometimes we just can't get past. Right. And uh, Gary says, uh, uh, you got to learn to not let them run you over. Right. But you've got to learn to ride them. They're never going to go away. They're yours, right? Right. But you have to learn to ride those horses. They're always going to be there. And if you don't ride them, they'll run over you. So it's beautiful, beautiful song and some great lyrics in the song. Then why don't we just for the just for giggles, why don't we play that song? Hey, great idea. <laughs> and this, is, <laughs> this is Bill Abernathy, and the song is A Thousand Wild Horses. Is that is that the complete title? That is it, A Thousand Wild Horses. And this is, again, Bill Abernathy. Enjoy. Just when I thought the demons I fought were dead and gone. Straight out of the blue, someone like you comes along. And I don't have to turn and look over my shoulder. I already know from the sound there's a thousand wild horses. Sins of my past were faster still, and I'm wasting my time trying to leave them behind. Cause I never will. You see, one drink too many, one kiss too deep, and I feel a little shake in the pound. That's a thousand wild horses. Oh, 
comes the darkness. I can't deny I know they're coming. There's no place to hide. I'm gonna get run Cloud of dust, but pretty soon <laughs> I'm gonna do something stupid like I tend to do, and I let them loose. So if you're thinking that maybe you're the one who could save me, baby, this ain't no merry-go-round. It's a thousand wild horses. A thousand wild horses coming behind me, hell bent on running me And that is Bill Abernathy and a thousand wild horses. You know, one of those lines just touched home with me, which was, I'm doing something stupid. It's something that I normally do kind of thing. Oh, uh, that's the perfect part of the song, right? It's the perfect part of the song, right? Where he talks about, you know, I'll do something stupid like I tend to do. And I let them loose, right? So... If you're thinking that maybe you're the one who can save me, baby, this ain't no merry-go-round. It's a thousand wild horses running behind me, hell-bent on running me down. Love that line. I love that line. That's a, that's, a, that's a great line, and it's got a lot of meaning behind it. It does, and, and I use it. I use it all the time, you know, so sometimes you have these uh, these moments, right, in your life, and I got a random text from somebody that I never talked to, right? And, uh, uh, you know, text pops up, you look at it, and they had said, hey, guess who I saw, right? Well, they had seen somebody from my past, right? And I looked at that, and I thought, what am I going to do with this? There's Worf. He's about to make an appearance. I thought, what am I going to do with this? And then I thought, you know, Bill, it's just another one of those damn horses just that's it worked out that's all you that's all you can do by the way uh, that is uh bill's dog what's his name again his name is wolf so wolf w-o-r-f do you know where that comes from star wars exactly i'm the only guy that i know that has a dog that is a klingon wolf (laughs) and there he is now and he wants to come see you well i don't know exactly what he's doing but uh he'll figure it out here in a minute so yeah. Now you you had mentioned that uh, th- this last year you had a knee problem and your puppy had a knee problem too. Is it all fixed? Yeah, yeah, we've had the knee the the, the year of the knee. So uh, I was stupid and uh, stepped off the uh, ladder sideways and blew my patella tendon, which is not a good one to blow. And so I had to have knee surgery. And then uh, last January, that was last year, about this time roughly. Uh, and then in January, Wharf was out playing. 
and just running through the park, chasing some other dogs, doing what dogs do. And he steps in a hole and he blows his, his uh, ACL. So uh, we had to have that repaired and uh, he's back. And uh, uh, though he's still a little bit out of shape, uh, he's, he's getting there. So life is good. How expensive is it to repent, to give a dog knee surgery? $5,800. So go out and download wild horses. <laughs> yes. Help me out. Help me out with that one. Yeah. Now it was 5,800 bucks, but it was well worth it. You know, he's only, uh, he's only about a year and a half old and, uh, uh, he and I do a lot. I, I, I like going doing outside stuff, and I particularly like to go hiking a lot. And uh, he goes with me, and uh, you know, so we're uh, you know up and down mountains and trails and in the woods and out of the woods and all that all the time. So, uh, uh, in order for us to continue that kind of lifestyle, he definitely needed to uh, be all fixed up good. So that's what we did. It was very, very, very nice. And I just, I just want to make sure everybody who's listening, who's a little. Uh, I believe I called it before the show. I called it seasoned, a little bit more seasoned. Experienced. Yes. The, when you're getting close and or you're retired or you're close to it, you need to develop a system by which you're going to live your life rather than just sit around and watch CNN all day because that will just drive you crazy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the best thing to do is to have a dog, have a, a, a regimen that you, you take him out for a walk and you do stuff and, and then you play music and you, you, so your day is, is full um, of stuff that you're doing from the music to uh, getting in on your bicycle and get in doing all of that. And it's really important to, to do that or you're going to get old prematurely. Yeah. And you're not going to have the life that you'd like. Yeah, but you can you can multitask during that, Kevin. Right. Yes. So I have one of these, you know, the Peloton bikes, you know, that I ride for you know, a couple hours every day, right? In the morning. And so what I do while I'm doing that is I watch the news on television, and I've found that my stats for my workouts are much, much better because my heart rate's a lot higher while I'm watching <laughs> the news. So, you know, it's all it's all about data manipulation at that point. Exactly, and it, but it gives you something to do, something to look forward to, and and also, so you're you're riding your bike a couple of mi- or a couple of hours a day, and you're taking your dog for long walks and stuff. You must be in pretty good shape for an old guy. Well, my doctor says that I am, but uh, 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 when I do uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday I was helping a friend clean out a uh, storage unit. Right. Oh, uh, that it my been, favorite thing. Uh huh. And it'd been there for a bit, you know. And uh, yeah, concrete all day long, uh, you know, lifting, toting, packing. Uh, when I got up this morning, I thought, yep, yeah, nope, doctor's wrong. I'm not in that good of shape. I need, <laughs> I need to get back on it. So, yeah. Well, I, I think it's great that you're doing that and you're still performing. And now that COVID is kind of, it's not gone. And I don't know that it'll ever be gone, but it's, it's it's controlled enough to where you can go in front of a crowd again. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to doing that. I, I've not done that purposely, uh, you know, since COVID has kind of quelled uh, because there are so many of my friends that are full-time musicians, you know, and, and uh, they had their, their livelihood stripped from them, you know, for 18 to 24 months. You know, they couldn't make any money. And so 
uh, I purposely have have not uh, went out and, and uh, done a lot of live stuff or went on a tour because uh, they need the stage time. And, uh, you know, much like anything else, it's, you know, it's a limited thing, right? Especially stages that actually pay you money. And uh, uh, so I have chosen to not do that and to uh, go ahead and, and uh, you know, tear up my knee and then get my dog's knee fixed and, and write some new songs, right? Uh, and so, but uh, this summer, uh, this summer, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm headed out again. And uh, in the fall, I'm going to be down south uh, in Atlanta. I, have, I need to go to Atlanta. I was... Uh, uh, one of the songs uh, from the EP, uh, which is the title cut, which is called Who Are You, Who Am I, uh, is a finalist for the Song of the Year on the International Singer-Songwriter Association uh, Awards. And so uh, that show uh, and that, uh, that red carpet thing and all that is in Atlanta uh, in August, which is Atlanta in August doesn't sound like fun, but I'm sure there'll be the air conditioning. But uh, <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to go down there uh, uh, for that thing. And uh, uh, that'll be a hoot. You know, those red carpet things are always kind of fun. You get to meet a lot of people and all that. And and uh, I'll do some shows, you know, kind of kind of down and back, you know. So so have be you been fun. on the red carpet before? Obviously, you must have been. Yeah, I've won a few. Uh, you know, I've been nominated for a lot uh, of stuff. And, and I've won a few. You know, I picked up a few, you know, this and that uh, from time to time. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. Uh, uh, I've actually, you know, been nominated for Grammys, you know, but, uh, you know, you don't get past the first list, right? So, you know, in the, in the Grammys, it's a process, right? So you, there's a first list, right? And then uh, uh, you can make it to that first list, which I've been on that, that first list a few times. Uh, and then the next list is really hard to get on. And I actually got on that one once. Uh, and then uh, the next one is the ones where you get to go. And, uh, you know, they, they tell you that you didn't win uh, because, you know, it's a, it's a, a group that always wins. But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's fun, you know, but uh, those things are kind of cool and they're kind of neat. And, you know, it's kind of a, a little bit of validation that maybe maybe what you're doing is, is not so bad. So it's fun. Well, yeah, it, it means it means that that you are being um, appreciated for the work that you're doing. Which is really good. Is it? By the way, is is uh, Worf going to? Uh, um, um, is he digging a hole through your? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's sitting right back here. So he uh, he's scratching he's scratching the rug. He's doing what Worf does. So yeah. <laughs> uh, what kind of dog is he? He's a bee bull, uh, which is they call it a designer breed. Uh, but I think that it probably became a designer breed by accident. So he's a half beagle and half English bulldog. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. He's a beast. He's an absolute beast, but he's the best dog ever. And uh, he and I are quite the team. So I, yeah, I've actually, uh, uh, he goes on stage with me. You know? Oh, that's cool. Well, because he, he responds to my music much like a lot of my audiences do. He lays down and goes to sleep. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so he just chills. Yeah, he's a good pup. Yeah. Oh, that's that, that's that's awesome. So you're gonna go out this summer, and uh, so why don't we uh, talk about what what song would you like to play next, and and that you might. Um, so you're gonna go to Atlanta, and then are you planning on going elsewhere? Or are you putting the word out that you're gonna that you're looking for gigs? Yeah, I'll start. I'll start that uh, probably next week. 
Um, so I just found out that I was actually going to go to Atlanta. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll go down, I'll play my way through. So I'll leave Kansas city and, you know, I'll play a few shows here to kind of, you know, knock the, knock the rust off. And then, uh, there's a couple of places in St. Louis that, uh, I would like to play and I've played there before. So I'll probably go through that. Then there's the whole Nashville thing. Uh, and then, uh, you know, kind of on the way to Atlanta. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, do you ever go down to Nashville just so that you can rub elbows with all those guys that are that are the 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 song machines and and the the singer songwriters that are working down there? Yeah, yeah, I think it's important to stay in touch, right? Uh, you know, so yeah, I go down there and, and uh, you know, I have some friends there, uh, and uh, you know, they they write and record. I was down there, I don't know, a month ago, uh, doing so just playing. Because uh, they wanted somebody to come and play some really pretty acoustic stuff, and I don't know why they thought of me, but they did. So I went down and and uh, played with some folks. So it was kind of fun. It's it's fun every now and then. I'm not a big fan uh, of Nashville, um, uh, but uh, you know it, it's a cool place. You know, it's a nice place to visit. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that is not a green screen behind Bill. Those are actual guitars that he plays when he goes on stage and uh like i was kidding him before the show that's like i hope those things are insured uh but have you ever added up how much money you have on that wall i don't want to know but my insurance guy does yeah <laughs> yeah i actually set out uh, uh when i went on the tour of uh 2020 the one that i got in i called it living the dream Denver, uh and uh went through six dates and it was all solo so that's my that's my favorite way to play. I love to play solo, and uh, it was all solo. It had some really cool shows, and you know I played in Houston and Austin and New Mexico and Denver and Vail and all these places. But uh, uh, I loaded up uh, my guitars, uh, which I I took four, uh, which was it was hard for me uh, to break it down and and decide to only take four, uh, and then uh, you know the other stuff that you have to take. And uh, I realized that what I had put in the in the van was worth more than the van, so and it was makes you a little nervous, you know, makes you a little nervous when you're out there hitting the road, right? I'll I'll bet. It's like uh, uh, Paul McCartney just played up here in Seattle last week, and he still carries around the Hofner bass. Oh yeah, that he played with with the Beatles, and and you know I would hate to you know he's got a guy who handles all of his guitars and to make sure that they're tuned and they're ready to go and all that kind of stuff. I would, that's a lot of pressure because if he breaks that guitar, that's a big deal. Yeah. It's, it's always fun for me. I was playing in, uh, on, on that tour, I was playing in a place. It was in Colorado. I don't recall, uh, the name of the town, but it's a cool place, kind of a dinner theater gig, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I was doing a concert and, uh, you know, to set up, uh, you know, set up all my stuff and set up my guitars and, you know, make sure everything's okay. And, and then, you know, you go take a break and, you know, get something to eat or whatever, you know, pre-show. And I noticed that uh, there was the cool thing about it was, is there was a dude, the, the sound guy uh, that was there. He walked up and he said, don't even think about touching those guitars. Right. <laughs> and there was a kid, you know, you could tell he was a kid. I don't know. He's probably 16, 17, you know, and he was fascinated because, you know, my guitars are, uh, they're a bit like us, right? Uh, they're a little old, right? Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're a whole lot like me, you know, they're, uh, they're old and they're, uh, you know, they've got a mark or two on them. You know, they're not certainly not pristine, 
Uh, but, uh, you know, they do, they do their thing, you know, each one of them has their thing that they do really, really well. And, and, uh, this kid, uh, was looking at one in particular. And, uh, uh, so after the show, uh, he came up and, and asked me about it. So I, I sat down with him when he played a little bit. So it was a good thing. It's good. That's that's very nice of you. That, that, well, I made him wash his hands first, but yeah, other than that, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, you know, let's let. What song would you like to talk about next? Well, let's have a little bit of fun. Uh, the horse's song is is uh, it's such a great song, but it's you know it's it's kind of one of those reality songs, right? Yes. So let's have a little bit of fun. I, on on uh, on the thing, I uh, the EP, I wrote a song called "The World's Foremost Authority on Everything." Okay. And so this is a great song. You know, I had fun with this. I still laugh actually when, uh, when I listen to it, uh, because it, it, it also hits home because we all know that guy, we all have that uncle, right. Or that friend or, you know, that brother, uh, or, or if you don't know that you, if you don't think you have one, it may be you, right. That is that the, that's at the family dinner and, you know, whatever the, the, the drama of the day is, right. Uh, whether it's COVID or, you know, pick one, right. Uh, they are now an expert, you know, they are an expert and they know far more than anything that you can research far more than anything you can see on TV, far more than the experts, you know, and, uh, uh, uh I worked with a guy back in the day, long time ago. Right. That was this kind of guy. Okay. And I was sitting in uh, uh, the break room. I was working midnights. This is when I was pretty young. And this guy came in and he was a good dude. You know, he's a really nice guy, but this guy was full of it, you know, but, but it doesn't take long for you to realize that, you know, but right. he was full of it. And he was telling me a couple of stories, but the one that really jumped out at me was how he had been hunting right? A deer hunting or something, you know, with his bow, right? And he had, he had gotten, you know, a deer of some sort, right? And uh, uh, he was bragging about it. And I said, wow, man, that's, that's pretty cool, you know, that you could go out with a bow. I mean, that's, that you know, that's like back to Native Americans and, you know, the way things should be before we developed a way to kill things from a mile away. You know, it makes sense to me, you know, that that would be more of a sport, right? Yes. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really hard. But, you know, if you're good, it's not that hard. And I looked at him and I said, OK, so I, I just bought into that. You know, I bit on the hook of what he just threw me. Right. And within 15 minutes, he told me how he could hit with his bow and arrow a matchbox. Right. At a quarter mile with his bow and arrow. Right. And I'm going, because so, I'm going to facilitate this. I'm going to feed it, keep it coming. And he said, yeah, and on a real steel, on a really, really still day, I could hit it at a half a mile. Well, hell, I can't even see a half a mile, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, these guys exist, you know, and they're fun and they're entertaining. And, and, and uh, you know, everybody has them in, in their family, you know? And uh, uh, what I was, I was thinking about this and I thought, well, you know, I called that guy the world's foremost authority on everything because there was nothing you could discuss that he didn't know more about it than you, just period. That's who he was, right? And, of course, you knew he was full of it, you know, and it was entertaining. But sadly enough, I think over time, people actually start to believe that, you know, believe their own stuff, which is a little scary. 
uh, well, I did watch the news today, so it's evidently more prominent than what we think. But anyway, uh, I should have said that. But <clears throat> so I thought, well, how am I going to write this song? Right. And then I wrote it out and I started telling stories and I'm looking at this and I'm looking at that. And uh, I decided that I wanted to write a pure country song. OK, so you introduced me as a country guy. Right. And and everybody does, you know, uh, you know, but we've had songs that have been on the country charts and the rock charts and the folk charts and the Americana charts. And all sure. Stuff. So so, you know, you have to put somebody in a box. And so that's what it is. Well, I thought, well, I've never done a pure country song. And so I'm going to write a pure country song to the point, Kevin, that I even played a banjo. There it is in the corner. Yeah, there it is. I went and got a banjo, remembered how to play it, okay, from a long time ago, right? And we wrote the world's foremost authority on everything. And we recorded it in a manner where it kind of sounds like you're sitting on the front porch, you know, at Thanksgiving dinner, right? And uh, everybody's just kind of sitting around and grabbed an instrument and you just start playing, you know? But uh, 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 one of the proudest things that I have in this song, number one, I remembered how to play the banjo. That was a challenge. That's, right? uh, that's good for you. Well, you know, friends don't let friends play banjo. I mean, that, that's kind of a theme, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, it fit. It needed it in the song, right? But the other thing is, is I will guarantee you this, that I should hold the Guinness Work of Book of World Records for this. This, I guarantee you, is the only pure country song with a banjo in it and the word subterfuge. <laughs> there I, it is. I, I got to listen to that because uh, subterfuge, that's, that would be hard to put into a song. I did it. So let's listen. Let's, let's have some fun. Oh, very good. And but before I forget, I wanted to, you know, one of the things that uh, I tell people is that um, for a period of time, uh, my life was like, bad, like a bad country music song. So one of these, so I would love for you to write a bad country music song about my life. My dad died, my dog died, I lost my house, my wife divorced me, I got to, you know, and all that stuff. That would be that would be a fun project. Well, I don't know about that, Kevin, but I am working on one about uh, a cowboy and a country song that has an electric vehicle. <laughs> all right, that has the auto drive thing, you know, where yeah. it drives itself. And, and, and the guy's truck left him. I'm working on that one. <laughs> that's very, that's the very funny. Okay. So this is Bill Abernathy and the entire title of the song again is the world's foremost authority on everything. Bill Abernathy. <laughs> Politics, religion, rocket science, brain surgery. He's the world's foremost authority on everything. I met him working midnights in a dim old factory. <laughs> Dining in the canteen from that vendor machine cuisine. He'd gathered quite a crowd as he told his story tales of hunting, fishing, racing cars, and all in great detail. I pulled up a corner seat and I listened with a grin. 
as each tale built upon itself, and there seemed to be no end. Each line of his complex web woven together so carefully, describing all his epic tales with wit and such sincerity. He's the world's foremost authority on everything. No matter what the subject, he's full of expertise. Whether politics, religion, rocket science, brain surgery. He's the world's foremost authority on everything. He's gone viral on his social media, <laughs> spreading his homemade facts like they're from encyclopedias. He shares disinformation, disguised as sage advice, while monetizing follows, retweets, and all his likes. <laughs> But then I saw his website where he shares his end time tales, his beacon to the world that had long gone off the rails. You too can subscribe and get all his DVDs that teach you how to change your life for one small monthly fee. He's the world's foremost authority on everything. No matter what the subject, he's full of expertise. Whether politics, religion, rocket science, brain surgery, he's the world's foremost authority on everything. We've all met someone like him, and we've heard the lies he's preached. <laughs> we've all been so confounded by the followers he's reached. They believe in him regardless of any scrutiny or logic, and then laugh with indignation, as they call it, patriotic. It doesn't matter where or when you hear him that first time, in a break room bar, on a campaign trail, or somewhere dark online. Just do us all a favor and be sure to ask the questions to bring to light the subterfuge disguised in his contention. He's the world's foremost authority on everything. No matter what the subject, he's full of expertise. Whether politics, religion, rocket science, brain surgery. He's the world's foremost authority on everything. Sing it with us now. He's the world's foremost authority on everything. No matter what the subject, he's full of expertise. Whether politics, religion, rocket science, brain surgery. He's the world's foremost authority. The world's foremost authority. The world's foremost authority on everything. Hell, he doesn't even need Google. <laughs> that is, that's Ray Stevens that comes to mind. Is a little bit, yeah, a little bit, very much so. Like the streak, and uh, you know, and and, and all the, those other politically incorrect ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that that really was that was that's a fun piece. That's a fun piece. Well done, and I even heard sub subterfuge. There you go. There you go. There you go. And yeah. I, you're right. I never heard that in the song before. Oh, there it is. I, let's call Guinness. See if I could get in their book. 
So. Exactly. <laughs> so, so by the way, we're talking with Bill Abernathy, and if you want to find out more information about him, you can go to uh, is it BillAbernathy.com? It is. It is. See, you, you even got your own name in there. That's good. Yeah, I got lucky. I got lucky with the URL for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that that works out really nicely. Now, um, I'm I'm not going to keep. It's now dinner time and i think your puppy is kind of hungry too it's well you know i took the opportunity during while you were playing that song to go grab his bucket of treats so ah. that we've now got the wharf is pacified so, <laughs> and it's not as you can see it's not a small bucket so yeah he's good <laughs> it's a it's good to have a friend that you know some of my best friends were dogs um, and, and it's good. It's, it's great to have, have a, uh, somebody to share your life with who every, you know, and the cool thing is every time you come home, they wag their tail. I can't say that about any woman I've ever met. Well, you know, there's a story about that, Kevin, right? So how, how do you know, uh, the difference between a good dog and a good woman? <laughs> no, take them both, put them in the trunk of your car, come back two hours later. The dog's going to be happy to see you. <laughs> that that is a fact and, <laughs> and you may you you may die in in the process with the woman who knows well, so, exactly. so you know let's let's talk about the uh, last song we're going to play uh, more than meets the eye is uh, where how did that song happen and that was one of the first ones that you single released wasn't it yeah, it was. It was the first one off of the EP that we released. We we rushed it through uh, the studio real quick uh, so that I could get it out in a time frame that I, I created. I wanted to get it out prior to uh, the last presidential election. And uh, um, it, uh, it, it there's some interesting, interesting stories about this. First of all, we had a hoot. We had an absolute ball back of this song uh, in the studio. Um, and uh, uh, had to find a, uh, a drummer that had uh, the chops to play almost a Native American war dance thing on the drums. That, that it's, it's more of a rock song uh, than some of the other ones that we played. So it, uh, it's got some screaming guitars in it, you know, and, and all that stuff from a musical standpoint. But uh, uh, the, the most interesting story about this one is what happened afterwards, right? So we released it, and uh, you know, I made a, a video and you know, all the stuff. And uh, uh, within about three weeks, it went big time, I would assume viral, is what you would call it, on social media, right? Because everything was so politically charged at that time, right? And, uh, you know, there's the, the misinformation and the disinformation and nobody knows who they could believe and nobody knows who's lying and nobody knows who's telling the truth and nobody knows what the truth is. And so uh, it, it really took off. And, and uh, the interesting thing uh, that I always find about songs, and you mentioned this earlier, you know, we talked about songs that kind of meets you at a place or some a song that'll really, you know, that, that you kind of own, you know, it, it means something special to you. Uh, that is typically due to the lyrics, right? What the yes. lyrics say, you know, what the lyrics say in the song and how they kind of relate to that place that you are in your life. You know, yep. uh, I, I was talking to somebody else about this uh, uh, 
a lady friend of mine and I said, so if you had, if you had a song like that, that, that really meant a lot to you at one point in your life, what would it be? And she looked at me and she smiled and she just said, meatloaf's paradise in the dashboard lights. And I went, okay, I don't want to hear any more of this story. Let's move on. Right. <laughs> but uh, you have those, right. And lyrics are, are, are a big thing for me. You know, uh, the music is fun, you know, and, and, and uh, I enjoy making the music, but, but really I use the music to accentuate the lyrics right because if i don't have anything to say what am i doing you know i could i you know why even write a song you know exactly so i wrote this one and it's 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 a statement about what was going on during during lockdown during covid you know uh where we all were how there was so much uh uh information on the entertainment slash news networks right that was so different you know so i'm a bit of a news freak and i own that right uh but i do have a rule uh that i change channels every 15 minutes okay? oh that's a good rule yeah and so you get this this array right of different perspectives on things that are happening uh and of course you then you get one station's got something huge is happening and nobody else is talking about it anyway uh, you could go on and on and on, right? You all know, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, uh, it became fascinating to me. And I thought, well, what, you know, if, if, if everything is so different, right? And everybody's perspective on everything is so different. And everybody's take on everything is so different. And everybody's talking points, right? The famous talking points, you know, that they have on, on stations, right? Are so different. How could that be the real deal, right? I used to work with a guy who was a brilliant mathematician. And thank God he worked on my team because math ain't my thing, right? And he he was, you know, brilliant mathematician. And we were we were into the weeds one day in something, and, and we couldn't get there. We just couldn't get it figured out, right? And finally, he looked at me and he said, you know, Bill, let's just take a step back. Right. And we all know the old adage, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees. Right? right. Well, I did that. I took a step back and looked overarchingly at all the stuff that was going on, you know, within the country and in society and all the politics and, you know, all the stuff that was going on. And I thought, you know, there's no way that it's just this simple. There's no way that what's going on is just what they're talking about on television because they all talked about different things. Right. right. And so there was no clarity, you know? And so I thought in the back of my mind, you know, Bill, there's gotta be more to this than meets the eye. There's gotta be something going on. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, right? But there's gotta be more that, that, than what we were being told, right? And uh, so I wrote the song, right? And uh, uh, it's got some pretty interesting lyrics in it. I, st I still get it kind of fired up when I listen to it myself, you know, because it, it was a really cool time for me. You know, I got, I, you know, you have moments of clarity and at our age, they don't come very often, you know. And, and yeah. in this particular song, I had a few, you know. And uh, uh, after it came out, you know, and there was, social media was nuts, you know, and I was getting all these kind of comments. And so I had to go through and kind of scrub them a little bit, you know, because at that point in time, you know, people were really, really fired up and they would say really, you know, inappropriate things and say really use really inappropriate words. 
right? So, you know, I don't really want, you know, a whole lot of, of uh, cuss words and F-bombs on my social media page. No, Just no. Don't. All right, so I had to go scrub, right? But this is what the interesting thing that really got me intrigued about how people and how we, we as a society, interpret things from our own knowledge base, right? So I turned out this song, you're going to play it. And about a month later, I got two calls, right? I got one call from a television station, a television network station, somebody who you would know their name, right? Right. Uh, who was kind of maybe on the, what I call the ridiculously radical right side uh, of our politics, right? And they wanted me to come on their show and talk about this song because they were absolutely sure that the lyrics of this song really explained their point of view, right? Right? Right. And so I had this discussion with them, and I thought, well, this will be interesting, you know. And 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 the, I said, well, what exactly do you think this means? And they said, well, it means this. And I said, you got to read it again, you know, you know. Two days later, I get the same call, right, from somebody on the exact polar opposite political side, which I call the ludicrous, ludicrously liberal left, right, who wanted me to do the same thing, to come on their show, because this, this song was really, really, really have, has captured the essence of their belief system, you know? And again, I, I had to walk them through the lyrics. Now, you explain to me where this has anything to do with left and right, because it doesn't, right? It's the overarching take a step back look, right? And so uh, I think I mentioned a pre-show to you. I, I have no idea how much money that cost me, but I couldn't do that. I couldn't do either one of them because, number one, I don't adhere to their particular beliefs. And secondly, uh, I certainly didn't want them to use anything that I created as a as a branding or as a misbranding, a misinterpretation of uh, what I actually was saying. So that's a fun time. Which it would have been had you in in, in either case, um, because they were they were they had decided what it was going to mean and they weren't paying attention. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, that whole reading and comprehension thing seems to be a challenge uh, in, in our in our environment, right? So yeah, yeah. And, and that is you know that is one of the the issues that we have is that that uh, we tend to and there's so much of it out there now we tend to only watch and I love the fact that you change the channel every 15 minutes because um, people tend to watch shows and channels that they agree with. Yeah. And they don't look at from a critical eye. They don't look at what some other points of view are that you and but so now it used to be you could get that from the same channel. You can't get that anymore. Yeah. No, and and, and uh, uh, how could I say this? So I played this song live a couple of times. Right. And uh, the way that I introduced it was I would like for everybody to listen to this. Right. And I want you to understand that I have no intentions of telling you what to think, right? But I will challenge you to think, right? Don't just sit back and open your mouth like a little bird and have somebody feed you, right? Use what you've been given. Yeah, use what you've been given. As my dad used to say, if you think first, the rest will come easy, 
you know? Yeah. Uh, use what you've been given and do, do some, 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 some analytical thought. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, uh, I had a lot of fun with this song and, uh, I tend uh, to like to, uh, I had another song uh, on Find Way album that's called Cry Wolf that actually was the same way, only this one went well beyond, right? Uh, but uh, I, I, I think that it's important uh, in today's environment that, that you kind of look at all these, these different inputs, right, that you have, you know, whether they be a news guy or a, a, a pundit or, you know, they call them the guys that just spout their opinions you know oh they they call them now it used to be that they called them news channels now they're opinion channels exactly yeah. they they've got uh, they've got these hours of the day where it's not news it's an opinion yeah uh, but and it can be ba be based in no reality at all yeah because it's their opinion they can say anything they want yeah yeah and we all know the old adage about opinions what they're like Yes. Yes. So I, I won't go there. You can even go there if you want to. This is not regulated by the FCC. Well, you know, they'd say opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. You know? And they so, all stink. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I did find it very interesting with this particular song that it was interpreted so verily different by these people who had nothing but their own agenda and were looking for something that was going to perpetuate and populate and, and and prop up their particular misguided schools of thought. Yeah. There we go. It's, 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 it's almost like uh, you get two guys who read the same book and they come up, or come away with completely different meanings to it. Yes. And that's beautiful, right? See, to me, that's beautiful. That's the sign of something that was well-written, right? Yes. You know, because it made you think, right? And we're all gonna, we're all going to, because we're humans, right? We're all going to read something or hear something, right? And we're going to interpret it that based on our base knowledge, right? Uh, based on our life experiences and based upon our imagination, right? Our imagination is a huge thing. Like everybody's imagination is different, right? And so I think that's the beauty of, of things that are that are written that make you want to think, right? I mean, you could listen to a Bob Dylan song 20 times and come out with a different meaning every time. He's exactly. that good. You know, he's just that good, right? And so I find that fascinating that we can do that. And, and uh, uh, I find it kind of cool, actually, that that uh, one of my songs got misinterpreted and bastardized that badly. <laughs> well, you know, you got to have a claim to fame. And that's a, that's a, that's a good claim to fame to have. Um, so, by the way, <laughs> We've been talking with Bill Abernathy. Go to BillAbernathy.com. You know, your poor dog needs to go outside and burn off some of that energy or something. No, no, Ted Wharf's good. Trust me, he's good. Okay. Good. He's, just, he's just sitting here wanting treats. It's, he, wants, uh, he, wants, he wants a little attention. So you'll uh, get it later. You'll get it later. He's good. No hurry. <laughs> this is not an uncommon event every day. So okay, yeah. gotcha. He's still, he's still a pup. Right. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, let's go ahead and play more than meets the eye.
There's more to this than meets the eye. Decisions based on biased lies, determining who lives and dies, whose freedoms are lost, whose justice is blind. There's so much more to this than.
I get it now. I know why the, you got a call from the right-wing station and the left-wing station because they assumed you were talking about the other guy. I did. Yes, they did. They did. They did. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, so, and you, so you worded it perfectly so that you could piss them both off at the same time. I love that. Well, yeah, actually, my sister, uh, she's a Ph.D. shrink, right? <laughs> and and I always kind of bounce lyrics off of her, you know, uh, uh, because maybe she and I don't see necessarily uh, uh, along the same line uh, from a society, maybe a political standpoint. Right. And so I bounce them off of her. And, she, and so I, I, I sent her like the rough cuts right of of this particular song. And that's exactly what she said. She said, Oh my God, you're going to piss off everybody. And I said, yeah, yeah. The pure, my favorite line, my favorite line in this, in this student is, is, uh, it's really talking about, uh, our, our friends, uh, you know, on the, on the news slash opinion slash misinformation slash disinformation stations, uh, where it talks about the, the pure misinformation, the mental masturbation, where the talking heads propagate their agendas. Yes. <laughs> that I'm good with. I'm almost as good with that as the word subterfuge in a, in a country song, right? So, and and when, you, when you create a lyric like that that just is, feels right and it, and it says exactly what you're trying to say, that's got to feel good. It's a good thing. You know, I did a, a, a series of interviews with a... Uh, uh, marketing company a social media marketing company and that was one of the things that they asked me about right is uh when you when you write a lyric that you're really good with you know are you like rocky you know are you like all geeked <laughs> up about it you know and uh, uh i can't honestly say that i that i do but uh uh when i when i write something that really that really encapsulates what's in my head and, and what i'm thinking you know and i'm able to translate that in, into into a written word uh, yeah, it, it kind of gives you a cool feeling, you know, like, Hey, I got that one. You know, I didn't screw that up. This is yeah. good. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's awesome. We've been talking again with Bill Abernathy and, and hopefully one of these days you're going to make it to the great Northwest and, and, uh, and I, we'll get to meet and I'll get to see you play live. That would that, be, yeah, that would be cool. I've not played in, uh, uh, up in Seattle. So, uh, uh, that may be a challenge for me. I may need to come up there. Yeah, it's a long way away from where you are. Ah, not so much. I was there. Uh, uh, I've been there several times. Several. Actually, I was born in a place called I Own Washington, uh, which is a little bit uh, west, uh, kind of the middle, the middle of the state of Washington, pretty near the uh, Canadian border. So, in oh, okay. I Own Washington. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Very nice. I, and I'm going to not keep you because your dog wants some attention and I'm going to demand he's it. He's asleep now. We can go all night now. He's sleeping. 
<laughs> he's got yeah, a belly. Cool. He's got a belly full of treats. He's good. So, yeah. <laughs> so, is there anything you'd like to add before we go, Bill? No, I just appreciate you, Kevin. Uh, you know, I think you and I have done this two or three times now, and and uh, what a great conversation and how much fun this is, right? Uh, and uh, it's nice to uh, it's nice to be able to just chat, you know, and have a good conversation about things that uh, that that might actually matter, you know, things things that uh, that might uh, give people something to think about, and things that uh, may may give you an opportunity to have a more positive mindset or a positive thought for the day. So wouldn't that be nice? That's, that's, that's what we're trying to do. And I, I, I want to thank you, Bill, because you know, what I've found is, cause I do a lot of interviews and what I'm finding is well, I've known this, but, but the reality is that when I get a chance to have a second interview or a third interview, they are so much more in depth and they're, they're a lot more fun than the initial interview. So it's, this is, this was a good time. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it and I appreciate all the folks that are listening. Thank you very much. Uh, 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 you've, you spent, I don't know, an hour or whatever this has been here in what I call the wonderland of wood, uh, which is my loft, uh, that, uh, if you go out to my YouTube channel, uh, you'll find a little walkthrough of what I call the wonderland of wood. So where I, where I live. So there's, there's the wood behind you that is uh, there are all my guitars and stuff. But I think if you looked at that at that video on YouTube, you may see that there's a little bit more wood. So it's a bit like living in a log cabin in the middle of the city. So. Oh, that's 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 really cool. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And by the way, go and buy. And I did not say stream. Go and buy his music because there's a difference between getting actually paid for the music and getting. Point zero zero six seven or whatever the hell it is. Oh, you missed uh, a zero. It's point zero 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 six seven cents per stream. So yeah, yeah. Right. As opposed to if you go to iTunes and download it, I'm going to get ninety nine cents. So you know, there you go. And then you can listen to it as many times as you want. And it's because it's yours now. So. It is. You own it. You own it. That's a. It's a weird concept, isn't it? It's. It's like. It is. I'm getting old enough now to where uh, on this show, sometimes I have to explain if somebody talks about like a, a cassette tape or, or uh, blockbuster media or, you know, the, the, to go get tapes of movies and stuff. So it's, it's at times they be a change. I think that's another song, actually. That is. That's a really good one. People <laughs> should listen to it. People <laughs> should listen to it. Bill, thank you so much. If you'll wait right there, I will be right back. Great. Thanks. Thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of KMmedia.pro. Please visit our website, oddly enough, named KMmedia.pro, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great, positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to each other because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time.